Super Talk Mississippi media production. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by AG Chase Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome back to Coast View. Um, you know, I, I can't tell you how much I enjoy sitting here every morning and having conversations with interesting people, great people who are doing some great work, not just here in coastal Mississippi, but really across uh, across the state. I love talking to entrepreneurs and nonprofit leaders and so many people who have so much to offer. Tomorrow, actually, I'm going to be sharing some thoughts that I have about uh, I, had, I was asked by the Baker McCarty Foundation to do the opening. They're a major sponsor this year, the One Coast Awards, and they asked me to say a few words at the beginning of the One Coast Awards, and I'm honored to have the opportunity. Um, you, you, we've talked about this before, but r- shortly after I became publisher of the Sun Hero back in 2001, I uh, one of the first things I did was start uh, the Leadership Awards, and my team and I really focused on this. But it's something that it was important to me because Roland Weeks, who's a former publisher of the Sun Hero, we inducted people into the Roland Weeks Hall of Fame for a period of time until it was moved over to the chambers. And I wanted Roland to, to get proper recognition for the kind of leadership that he had provided. He was a great mentor for me. And I really wanted to focus on leadership. I wanted to I wanted to, to bring the spotlight to people who were doing amazing things all across coastal Mississippi so that we could uh, so that we could hold them up as examples and maybe it would cause other people to aspire to do the things that they're doing. So I'm really looking forward to um, to sharing some thoughts. And uh, tomorrow I'm going to, uh, kind of zero in just a bit on some of my thoughts about what I might say then. Uh, it gave me a chance to really reflect, and I appreciate Todd Trenchard and the the board of the Bank of McCarty Foundation, who has a, ter- a really terrific commitment to to the leadership development, not just in Jackson County, but all across the coast. I really appreciate them including me and giving me an opportunity to share some thoughts and maybe challenge the group a bit a bit. That uh, you know about the things we need to do to stay focused on realizing our potential and dreaming bigger as a as a set of coastal communities. So that, I'll do that tomorrow. So now let's move over to my friend Brian Lamar. You know, one one of the first things I did. First of all, good morning, Brian. How are you doing? Good morning. I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. One one of the I hadn't been in the chair when I first started doing this show. We actually had an agreement that I would eventually do the show from home. But I wanted to be able to do the show from the studio for a period of time so I could actually get to know the people there and understand how radio works. I mean, I was a media guy in digital media, certainly newspapers. I didn't know anything about radio. But I wanted to I wanted to, to do the show from there for a period of time. And then I was going to come here and with the right uh, equipment and uh, Cal Curley's help, I was going to uh, to do the show from here. And of course, the pandemic happens about two months after we start the business i start the show and uh and then one thing leads to another and we're remotely whether we like it or not and now you know now we're kind of mastering what it feels like most of us are how to use technology to do the job but i was uh, i hadn't been in the job very long and someone mentioned to me that someone was up at the front office and wanted to talk to me and I walked up there, and I met Brian Lamar. And Brian uh, works at the CB base. He's been a great conduit for me to get to know the leaders on the base and the incredible employees that are working for all of us there. And uh, and what what ended up happening is, you know, not only did we have this sort of conduit through 
the work at the CV base, but we also kind of, you know, became friends on Facebook and communicating that way. And I see he's such a passionate guy. He's, got a, he's a writer. He does, does all kinds of writing on the side and, and, uh, he's written a book. He's done some interesting things. So I thought, you know, I want to get, I want to get Brian on the show and not talk about the CB base for a second and just talk about, um, about what he's up to these days. So Brian, I appreciate you joining me. Well, thanks for having me on Ricky. Uh, it, it, it's, it's kind of fun, uh, being on the show on kind of this side, kind of a more of a personal side. And just for all the naysayers out there, I did take vacation just to do this interview. So there's no cross contamination. I'm not spending taxpayers dollars right now. <laughs> well, you, you know, I have to say that you've always been super conscious of that really, really conscious of making sure that you, uh, that you do it right <laughs> when it oh, comes yeah. to your job responsibilities and all that. Cause you I mean, you're a public affairs director and, and I have to tell you just from where I'm sitting and the opportunity that I have had to achieve one of my goals, you know, you never achieve goals. You just, it's a journey toward working to accomplish them. But one of the goals is, is to connect the, you know, the average citizen better with what's happening in the military community all across. I mean, from Stennis Space Center on all, all the way over to Ingalls and all points in between, the incredible role the military plays. So I really appreciate you having the opportunity, or you giving me the opportunity to get to know some amazing people. So so anyway, you know, where did I, so we're coming back to sort of some of the things that you're involved in personally, which I'm so interested in, but where did writing Brian become such a, a big deal for you? How, when and how did that happen in, in your life? Uh, yeah, I remember the exact moment. Second grade. Um, I was asked to do, uh, it was Veterans Day. It was like a couple weeks before Veterans Day. I was asked to do a, uh, like a paper, uh, like a one page paper on a veteran. So we had to go out, uh, and this is my f- first foray, foray into like journalism, right? So we had to go out and uh, interview a veteran. And I interviewed my my great grandfather, who was a Marine in World War II, uh, in the Pacific Front. And uh, I interviewed him, uh, and he took me down to the VFW, and I got to interview a bunch of the people that that, that he knew, and and I kind of put it, put together like a series of of stories. Now the teacher only asked me to do one paper, but I did like six of them, and I brought them back, and and I I wrote them and rewrote them, and rewrote them. It's the, it's the hardest thing I ever worked on in elementary school, um, and and not because I had to, because I wanted to. It, it, it immediately in, ignited a passion for writing. And I think right then and there, um, you know, I gave the, the teacher the, the papers and she was I got a hundred on the on the assignment, of course. Uh, but uh, she also submitted them to The Times Daily uh, in Florence, Alabama, and they ran them as like a series for Veterans Day. And they cleaned them up. You know, my second grade grammar was a little bit lacking, but uh, they cleaned them up a little bit for me. And I saw my name in print for the first time and I thought, oh, wow. <laughs> I, I told a story and people read the story and, and now you know, that now I've got something uh, communicated that I, I felt was important. Well, you know, I've had the honor, man, throughout my career to work with some incredible writers. You know, I mean, some of the best, some of the best in, in the in the world, actually, Pulitzer Prize winners. And what I find about people who write well and you write well, incidentally, is that uh, to get to the point where you write well, you have to be someone who really is very self-critical. You know, you're, 
You're, you're, and, and, you know, I don't know that I've ever met a really good writer that was ever totally satisfied with the finished product. I mean, it was it was it was like a work in progress until it printed, you know, and then and then then after it prints, I think all these things they needed to do or so make, you know, say to make it better. But but I like that quality in people, this quality of self-discovery and self-improvement, et cetera. But the other thing is I find that good writers are are really good communicators that they they have a, the ability to sort of you know, gather their thoughts and convey them in a very specific kind of way that people can understand. And, uh, you know, I, I see you have that quality as well. So I'm not, I'm not surprised that over the course of history, way beyond your work, you've done stringer work for magazines and you've done newspaper work and you enjoy, and you've written a book and we'll come back to that in just a second. But once you, I guess once you fall into writing, it's hard not to write a lot, huh? And in, in various ways. Yeah, so I mean, uh, I, I've been um, recently working on a, a new type of writing that I've never done before. It's mostly centers around journalism, but uh, I've started uh, kind of blog writing for different companies uh, around the co- actually around the country now, uh, pest control companies, HVAC companies, and stuff. Just finding interesting things that I could tell about those companies. Uh, but also connect with readers. And uh, so that's more of a business side of writing. But also, yeah, yeah, um, short stories and uh, even got into poetry a little bit uh, for a little while. That's not not really my jam, but I wrote a couple of poems that kind of got published and, you know, were kind of cool. But but you're right. It's funny that you mentioned that a writer's never really happy with his work, right? Um, And uh, even in the, in the, in the, uh, the, the forward in my book, I mentioned that, hey, uh, I wrote this. I hope you like reading it. I had fun writing it. But if you find a mistake in it or if you find something, just just go with it. The story's great. But yeah, so I, I kind of wrote an apology in the beginning of the book. <laughs> <laughs> that was unnecessary, I bet. Uh, so tell me about the book. Tell me what what's what's the book about and. Um, and I'm, you know, just kind of tapping into it just a bit. I see you're getting some good reviews. So tell me about the book. So yeah, yeah. About the reviews. I had no idea that anybody had even bought it or read it on Amazon. And then, uh, somebody came up to me and, and, uh, and said, Hey, uh, I was at a bookstore over in past Christiane and, uh, somebody come up and goes, Hey, did you write that book about the, uh, about Beaufort, South Carolina. And I said, I did actually, how do you know about that? And they said, Oh yeah, we're all reading it. Uh, we, we all bought it online. And, um, yeah, I, I priced it really low. I just, I'm not trying to make any money off it. I just wanted people to read the story. So, so I came up with the idea. Uh, there's a, there's a guy named in historical, uh, you know, times, uh, uh, civil war times, uh, his name was Robert Smalls and he was a slave in Beaufort, South Carolina. And, uh, <laughs> He ended up stealing. He was a, a slave in the docks, and he ended up stealing a, a ship, and loaded all his friends and family and everybody on it, and sailed past Union blockades and stuff, and, and showed up. I, I believe it was Boston, if uh, memory serves me correctly. And the commodore there said, "Hey, you know how to you know how to run a ship? You want to run supplies for the Union? Uh, you've already got a crew." And uh, he said, "Sure." And now, so he did that during the Civil War. Well, he moved back to Beaufort, South Carolina, after the fact. Let's do this. Okay. What, a, what a fascinating story. I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised you wanted to write about it. But this is uh, my friend uh, Brian Lamar. He's written for numerous uh, you know, newspapers and magazines, and he's written his own book now. He does some software development, you know, his app development. Anyway, when we come back, we'll continue the conversation on the other side. Okay. You can also listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say, Alexa, open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. 
His love for the coast is why he's here. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. We're having a conversation with Brian Lamar. And uh, you know, he's a writer and someone who I've connected with on on Facebook and, of course, through his position at the uh, at the CB Banks um, as the public affairs director there. But this is not what that's about today. We're just actually having a conversation about his work, uh, you know, that he enjoys, his passion for writing. So you, you were telling the story about um, uh, this 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 man who uh, who went to Boston and he eventually made his way back to Buford. So pick it up there. Yeah. So he he went back to Buford after the Civil War. Uh, he he ended up running for Senate and he he won a seat. He was one of the first African Americans to to make it to the Senate. Uh, lots of lots of things went on th- throughout his life. He was a great civil rights activist, a great community leader uh, in that area, and uh, a big mover and shaker. And there's not a whole lot on him. There's not a whole lot of books on him. But in the very last year of his life, and that's why this is called the 1913 Buford Lynching a Historical History uh, or Historical Fiction. Um, in the last year of his life, he had found out that uh, some some guys in his town had uh, had run afoul of a uh, uh, what uh, a hastily formed lynch mob, and they uh, they were they were hell bent on getting these these guys, and so he took his clout and his power and his network, and he went to the the town's officials and he stopped it. Uh, he uh, you know I'll give a little bit of it away. He surrounded the town with guys uh, positioned with torches and said, "I'll burn your town to the ground if you don't stop this." And so the the police chief and the mayor said, "Whoop, okay," <laughs> and so he. Uh, there was a lot of drama there, and so the reason why it's a historical fiction is because there's there's a lot of gaps in the history books of what exactly happened that night, um, and and so I filled it in. I took some artistic liberties uh, with the best best uh, I could make with the information I had, and I, I developed the story. Um, Robert Smalls, a tr- uh, you know, historical figure, tr- uh, true to life has all these great things about him. And I just wanted to share that like last year of his life because he was dying of malaria and uh, diabetes. And back then diabetes was kind of a death sentence uh, as before the days of metformin and insulin and all that. So, um, so I just wanted to tell that story. <laughs> I'd heard about him so many times. I just felt like that would be a great story to tell. Well, I, it's just cool that you took the time to tell his story, and I'm I'm not surprised that it's starting to catch on. That that is for sure. Hey, listen, I remember one time I was headed to my place up in the Delta, and we talked on the phone, and and it was lit, what was so interesting about it is you were you were planning to head up to the hills just just outside of where my place is, and you were going to interview a man there, or at least you were searching for him. And literally, just after we talked, I literally passed the community, this old uh, Indian community that you were headed to, literally right after we talked. But how do you get these interesting assignments along the way, whether it be magazine or whatever? I don't know. Sometimes I, I, I'll, I'll see something uh, you know, on Facebook or TikTok or something, and it just sparks my interest. Sometimes I have experience with someone. Uh, there's there's just lots of there's lots of ways that these ideas come to me. I've always been called an idea guy. I've always been just my brain just doesn't shut off, and uh, you know I come up with these ideas. Now, luckily, I've gotten smart lately, and I, I, I jot all these down in Google Docs so I can go back later and remember. Oh yeah, that's that's that that's that idea that I had, and I can follow up on it. So. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Okay, so let's. Uh, we could go on for days about all you've written about because you've written about a bunch of different stuff. 
You've got an interesting idea. You've done a, a couple of app developments, but one more recently that you're working on has to do with the power of prayer. Tell me more about that. That's a, that's, that's, I'm, I'm touched that you're doing that. Um, really quickly, a few years back, I thought that I had a heart issue. A cardiologist thought that I had a heart issue. It turns out I just have a weird heartbeat. Uh, so, uh, uh, but we, we didn't know that. So he had to go do a heart cath and, uh, and he looked at my heart and said, Oh yeah, your heart's fine. Uh, your EKG is just weird. Uh, but while I was waiting in the, the waiting room, I was scared to death cause I didn't know what to do. And I was by myself because I, it was kind of a rushed thing and, uh, no time for any family to come and sit with me. So, uh, Gary Sturdivant, who used to be the, uh, Salvation Army commander for this area, I, I messaged him and I said, Hey, I'm really scared and, and you're really good at praying. Can you pray for me? And he laughed and well, he sent me a video of him praying for me. And immediately that, that feeling of just comfort that somebody cared enough, uh, like washed over me. And, um, and so I wanted to create an app and it's called the power of prayer or called power of prayer pop for short. Um, I wanted to create an app where wherever somebody is in life, uh, whether, whether they're isolated or they're shut-ins or, or whatever, um, they could be surrounded by people, but still be lonely. Um, to be able to go on there and 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 say, "Can you pray for me?" You know, do a video. Can you pray for me because I'm going through this? And I wanted people to be able to respond to that prayer request with prayers. And so the plan is to uh, for this app to to launch uh, on Apple uh, on on Easter week. Uh, that's the plan. And, wow. Uh, I'm just excited because, you know, I, I don't plan to make a bunch of money or anything like that. Again, just like the book, I don't plan to make a bunch of money. But what I want to do is I want to make an influence. I want to make that impact, that lasting impact in may, maybe in this kind of arena. That is that is really cool. Um, I could see people really engaging in something like that. Uh, you, you see it on social media to some extent. But you don't, you know, Facebook's not set up for this. You know, it's not, you know, it's, I wish, for example, that instead of a like, I mean, you had like buttons and the heart button and whatever, that you also had a prayer button. Of course, you have a prayer emoji, but but the yeah. reality is um, they, they don't seem to want to support prayer. <laughs> you know, you know yeah, that's well, unfortunate. Well, the thing is, though, uh, I mean... <laughs> I, I, what I've noticed, Silicon Valley doesn't really like uh, religion uh, in, yeah. in, 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 a, in a lot of ways. And I'm not trying to disparage anybody, but just the tech world doesn't seem to grasp that. Uh, and, and I'm not saying that I'm going to be some pi pioneer in spirituality or religion or anything. I just wanted to provide people with a space to do this. It'll take on its own form. It will. It'll be interesting to watch it. It really will be. Hey, you're a good person, Brian. It's a it's a pleasure to to uh, touch base with you. I've really enjoyed our association, and uh, look forward to the you know continuing to introduce amazing people at the CB base in your in your real day job. So enjoy your day off, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, my friend. All right, thank you. You bet. Have a great day, and you we'll too. see you tomorrow. All right, bye. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.